Hello and welcome to the Top Order Podcast. We had a must-win game for Bangladesh and Pakistan overnight, which felt like it was decided within the first few overs. What does that mean for Pakistan's World Cup chances? Plus, we'll look ahead to tonight's big clash between South Africa and New Zealand. All that and probably a bit more coming up right after the swish. All right, Raj, a, uh, a, a must-win game, but potentially not the most exciting game of this World Cup. I'm tempted to uh, sit here and uh, and talk to you about Samsung TV+. Plus. I um, made a, a fantastic discovery last night as I was sort of turning the TV on about nine o'clock. I, um, you know, turned my, my newish Samsung TV on. Uh, for all listeners, it's it's about the cheapest version you can get after my, my two-year-old broke the TV by throwing uh, a, a wooden dice at it, which was very unfortunate. But um, suddenly I found this cricket gold channel and India was playing Australia in the 1985 World Series. Richie Benno was on comms. Max Walker was commentating as well. And I sort of thought, do I even want to switch over the channel? And by the time I did, Bangladesh was was two down and, and the game seemed all over. So yeah, perhaps I should have just stayed watching that game, watching Roger Binney run into to David Boone. I definitely felt your excitement. I, I came back to my phone with a, a blowing up about 20 messages about how good this channel was. And I felt like I was getting the ball by ball commentary from you as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but nonetheless, we move to the, to the World Cup, more current times. Um, great win for Pakistan. Uh, some outstanding performances with both uh, the bat and ball but I had, I was left with the feeling that uh, it, the result was more indicative of the struggles that Bangladesh are having rather than how well Pakistan played in that game. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, yeah, I, th- I, I said, uh, you know, it was all over within the first few overs, and and I mean, you know, it, it really did feel like that. Shaheen Shafridi picks up wicket in the first over, goes again in the second over. Great little catch from from Osama Mir, the the drop of David Warner. Oh, yeah. The other day looks a bit weird now when when he's taking catches like that. But you know they again they start to you know hit a couple of boundaries off Harris Ralph and you think okay maybe they maybe they can get going here. But you know lose another wicket and suddenly three down and it it was you know I guess they did build a partnership but it, it almost yeah it does feel like the way Bangladesh has been playing it just felt like it was over. And I mean, even though you must have been pleased with, with Bangladesh's batting order, they did make a few changes, shifted those guys up the order a little bit. Yes, I think Baldy must have sent the uh, podcast through to the, the Bangladeshi team management. I, I like the look of that three to six with Shanto, Rahim, Mamadoula and, and Shakib, you know, sort of in that three to six spot, they look much better. Uh, but yeah, as you said, you know, Bangladesh batting first being reduced to three for 23, um, with one of those wickets being Mushfiq Rahim, uh, it was it was close to being over. Uh, I think Shakib and uh, Mamadoula batted really well. Who was there was uh, Litton Das? Was, was Litton Das? Well. Sorry, Litton Das and Mamadoula batted well to recover there, and Shakib coming in uh, as well, scoring some runs. A little bit. I felt like a lot of the both of those partnerships were a bit circumspect, a bit a bit slower. Um, they didn't really have the chance to, uh, as I say, explode towards that sort of 50 over mark um, with the bat. But look, I, again, I can I go back to that feeling that I think Bangladesh are just in, in, a, in a world of hurt at the moment uh, from a confidence perspective. I think they have the skills to take on any team when they're playing well, but at the moment they're just not playing well. 
Anything else stand out to you in that bowling, uh, bowling, uh, the Pakistani bowling innings? Uh, I think Shaheen Shafridi, Shafridi is interesting. I, I really have thought throughout this tournament that he wasn't having, you know, a, a big impact on this tournament, and that's probably fair. I mean, Pakistan have have gone four losses in in a row before this game. They'd stuttered a bit, and he'd been someone that you know we sort of expect to to take those wickets at the top. He's you know notorious for for getting a wicket in that first over, mm. and then you look at this, uh, you know, you look at how he's actually gone statistically and and you would suggest you know he's now leading wicket taker in the tournament tied with Adam Zampa and you think okay maybe maybe I'm being a bit harsh here you know he came in I mean as you say Bangladesh did put a partnership together they were you know near enough to 100 off 20 overs and 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 for three and and suddenly you think okay maybe they can put a bit of a score here but he comes or well the softest of soft dismissals from from Lytton Das happens and then Shaheen Shah Freddy comes back and, and bowls an absolute corker to, to get the fourth wicket and and yeah, just a procession from there. Yeah, I think Pakistan will be very happy as how they res- to how they responded sort of after the the thirty over mark there. Uh Wazim uh, Muhammad Wazim as well was very good at the death. He executed his Yorker really, really well. Hard to score off and he knocked the stumps over three times. That's what you want from your your, your death bowlers. Uh just a note on Shaheen Shah Freddy, also the fastest man to a hundred wickets in ODIs. It's an incredible list and, and, and he has topped it. So well done to him from the Top Water Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had a lot of a lot of love for him. I think there's a lot of love for him all around the world, and and what he does, he's yeah, no, yeah, can't really say enough for for how good he is. With with Pakistan's bowling effort, I mean, they they it does still feel like they they aren't quite at the top of their game. I mean, it's probably not the most outrageous comment given that, as I said, they you know they're they're sort of hanging on for for their lives in this tournament. They've they've lost four on the bounce, although that you know they did end up pushing South Africa very, very close in that game and, and have played that most of their losses uh, have been against the top sides, you know, Afghanistan aside, but, you know, they are one of the top sides, top six sides in, in this tournament so far. So, you know, what do you think is, is sort of missing from them in, in terms of their bowling attack in particular? Yeah, so so from me for me, it is their their spin bowling. I think if you look at the sort of top sides and the top performing sides, their spin bowlers have really sort of come to the fore and been very very important through the middle of the innings, uh, and taking away that momentum. Uh, Shadab Khan uh, was obviously the the number one. Uh, Plan A, if you will, uh, to sort of hold that balance in the middle of the uh, middle of the innings, and and then with the bat, and then also with the, with the ball. But uh, his injury and also his form prior to that, uh, yeah. he was really sort of struggling to to bowl well. Uh, his batting actually came good. He was he was contributing with the bat, but uh, yeah, he str- struggled with the ball. And I think that's indicative of of the spinners in general. The summer mayor has has bowled. Okay, it's not 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 sort of you look at the likes of Zampa, the likes of Adil Rashid, these guys who really have sort of turned games, the Indian spinners. Uh, you know, Osama Mir has been okay, but not a, a match winner for Pakistan with the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's no Glenn Phillips, is he? He's, he's um, <laughs> he just he just bowls too many loose balls, I think. It or you know, at the moment, um, the way he's been going, certainly in this game, there were long hops, there were full tosses that that just got punished and you know yeah he's a good bowler but he's he's just not been at his best and I think you're spot on that that they the spin bowling we, we sort of thought that it might be a weakness for them 
but mainly in terms of of wicket taking options, we I, mm-hmm. I kind of thought that their spinners would still be yeah with Nawaz and with Shadab Khan that they would be sort of economical and at least be able to hold their own while those pace bowlers worked around them. But it just hasn't worked that way, and and people have been able to to get to the spinners, and that's really made it hard for for Pakistan to you know to restrict sides to gettable totals. They did restrict Bangladesh to a very very gettable total, and then went about it uh, in in pretty good fashion. Anything you want to say on on the Pakistan batting side of things? So the the openers actually they, they put the game away. They did what you want them to. If you're a bowler, you've gone out there and you've done the job as the Pakistani bowling unit did. You want your openers to go out there. They found a good tempo eventually of around six and over, but it was a bit block bash. But the net yeah. result, I guess, is the same. But uh, it's a good indicator that they could actually wait for a loose ball and then eventually they got them and they were able to put them away. I actually um, fell asleep on the couch and with this game going on and I was in and out of, of sleep and I kept waking up when they would absolutely smash one because it was so loud. I don't know why in that game, but uh, it was so loud. The ball coming off the bat, it sounded like um, Thor was swinging his massive sledgehammer (laughs) around when um, they were smacking some of those those sixes. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to to sort of mention, if you look at the Bangladeshi scorecard versus the the Pakistani scorecard, you've got the similar amount of starts, but these guys actually went on with the job and the Pakistanis got close to that sort of three figures or, you know, kicking close to it or past it. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get there, but they were able to add that sort of impetus. Uh, once they got in, they sort of put it away. Uh, that was a difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that sound, you're spot on with, with that. I, I um, Yeah, the, the, one, the one that stuck out to me was uh, the Fakhazaman one really early off Tuscan. It just, oh, I don't know what is going on, but his bat sounds very, very good. And yeah, there were a few later on in the innings. I think, you know, we're, we're probably not going to talk in, in huge detail about this innings, but I think for, for uh, there, were, there were so many pleasant shots that Pakistan played. As you say, it was a lot of block bash. They soaked up a lot of dot balls at, at different times. But I think if you can catch the highlights or uh, maybe even the last 10 overs, 12 overs of, of that Pakistan chase, it is well worth a watch because, yeah, if you enjoy some good cricket shots, there were there were plenty out there, and yeah, as you said, they were they brought up their hundred with in about the eighteenth over, so you know they weren't that far ahead of the the run rate, but it just they just felt in total control, and and obviously when you're only chasing two hundred, it's a, it's a different story, but yeah, the way they kind of kicked on after that, yeah, I, Mahidi Hassan picks up three wickets, but I think yeah, I almost think we've kind of said enough about this this game because it, it just wasn't you know one of the more exciting games in this tournament and it's also hard to judge the the Bangladeshi bowling lineup when they're defending 204 it is a lot harder as you said less risks need to be taken by the Pakistanis but yeah I think we move on to the table and, and the implications there yeah so look Pakistan keep their hopes alive they it's a it's a big net run rate boost for them to get up to six points and and fifth on the ladder you know, they were well down the table. They'd lost four in a row, as I've said. But then, you know, one win boosts them right up to, to fifth. But that net run rate's still in the negatives, which which is not ideal for, for them. They've got New Zealand at the weekend and then England after that. I would say they have to win both of those two games, or, or they definitely have to win both of those two games mm. to try and make it and then hope that run rate and results and things go their way for the, for the rest of this tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, six wins is going to get you through by the looks of this thing. Uh, five wins will, will come down to we'll get the calculators out and have a look at the the net run rate. And incredibly, Afghanistan is one of those teams that that could have that sort of fate in their own hands if they can win three games they have to play australia they have to play south africa um which are big tasks but if they win those games they will you know almost deserve to get through you have to you have to say that they, that they would deserve to get through australia and new zealand fate in their own hands win the ga- win games they don't have to play each other anymore and they should round out that third and fourth spot if things go to plan for them yeah, and talking about things going to plan for New Zealand, it hasn't quite gone to plan for them the last couple of games. I think probably say, uh, if you're being positive, I think you'd say that we've pushed India and Australia pretty hard in these last two games. Obviously, uh, you know nobody's really pushed India at all, and I think New Zealand could say that they've pushed them as, as hard as anyone has against Australia. Huge amount of credit for the way they chased an enormous score but again, I think if you want to be critical, it's it, it was a missed opportunity. I was away for that uh, review that you guys did. I haven't actually heard what you said. But yeah, I think if you want to be really, really harsh on them, they're going to look back at possibly both of those games and think we could have won them and, and be sort of in a position now where, where, where we can rest players easily. We can kind of work on what we need to, to nail down for these semifinal spots at the business end of the tournament. But now it's back-to-back losses for New Zealand. I don't think you want to go into this game against Pakistan at the weekend with another loss here, which, which in my head at least makes this game against South Africa. A lot of people are saying it's not a must-win game. It, yes, it isn't a must-win game in terms of them actually qualifying, but I think New Zealand need to get this one if, if we're going to feel confident about the rest of the tournament. Yeah, we. I believe we need to win two out of two out of three. If we don't, we open ourselves up to uh, mathematics getting us in the end, like it does. Um, big game, big game for New Zealand. Uh, just a sort of summary comment on that Australia one. We did talk about it in the preview to the India game. New Zealand is a team that we don't have. We can just isolate New Zealand and go. If we execute our skills well, we will win or be very very close to winning I don't I think there was a lot left to be desired especially in the Australian game we we bowled poorly up front it took um a hero like Glenn Phillips um the hero we all need in our lives to <laughs> to rest that back uh in control for us and then uh our fielding was was not up to standard not up to New Zealand standard and that's not something that um is okay we need we need to rectify that uh, if we do anything but Again, if we execute our skills, we can beat any team that we play uh, on the day. I was impressed by South Africa's last win against Pakistan. Uh, this is a game that's going to give me that biggest clue as to whether South Africa is, you know, is real. Are they, is this team actually real? It's it's the type of game in the past where they have lost. Uh, you know, South Africa have the momentum going in, maybe slight favoritism, but um, in the past they've just fallen flat and, and lost this kind of game uh, at, at a long form tournament. So it will give me a little bit of an indication as to whether I'm flipping over, uh, Stu, to your line of thinking on South Africa. <laughs> yeah, it's t- it's taking you a while. Everyone else is is uh, is on board for sure in, in terms of South Africa being a good side. But yeah, as you say, they've they've. They've looked really good batting first and then batting second and chasing, being put under a bit of pressure. It does seem like those wobbles are still there if you can, if you can sort of find the right ingredients to, to put them under that pressure. And 
yeah, it'll be an interesting game, I think, for, for New Zealand as well. Because as I said, I really do feel like they, they have to win. Pune, it seems like it's going to be a good wicket. New Zealand's got a few injury, you know, niggles now starting to build up. So, yeah, we kind of we kind of just need to get back on track here. I feel like it's very, very important. I do have a question for you, and it's around what you think the New Zealand lineup will look like. Tom Latham, very cagey around what that lineup would look like, talked about fitness tests. Don't know who that's relating to. It could be Mark Chapman. It could be Kane Williamson and Tim Southey. Could we see the return of a few experienced New Zealand cricketers for this game? Uh, I think Lockie's injury will mean that there will be a change to the bowling attack and, and whether that's, I, I think the question there is whether it's Tim Southey or whether it's Ish Sodi. I do, as much as I think they'll probably just go with Tim Southey because that feels like the safer option, I think that the fact that Nisham has performed well in, in the previous game, I would say he keeps his spot in, over Chapman, whether Chapman is, is fit or not. And that probably means that it gives you more of an option to play Ish because mm. you've got Nisham who can at least bowl some medium pace overs. And yeah, I think, it'll, again, it'll depend a little bit on the pitch and whether they think what they think is in the pitch, I think, and, and what they want to do. If they want to put South Africa, if they want to make South Africa bat second, if that's part of their plan, then maybe going in with, with you know an all-out spin attack is the way to go and, and really just go, okay, well, what we want to do is bat first, put up a good score and really try and put the squeeze on South Africa later with, with Ish, with Mitch Santner, with Rutchen, with Glenn Phillips, with, with all of the options they've been able to have spin-wise throughout this tournament. Kane, I think I think we're probably still a, a game away, if at best, for Kane. I mean, you see him running the drinks out in that last game against Australia and he's still got that thumb pretty heavily strapped and... You know, I don't. I mean, I have no idea. Right? Like, I didn't think he'd make this tournament, and he made the made the tournament. So my predictions on on his health have been pretty shoddy, to say that to say the least. But you know, I think if I was them, and there were any question marks, as much as I want to get this win, the one against Pakistan is, is probably more important because South Africa beat us. They're probably in anyway, right? If we don't, but if we lose to Pakistan and that, that puts them back in the hunt there and, mm. and means that it opens the door for Pakistan, for Afghanistan, for, for these other teams that are, you know, not quite ch- you know not quite grabbing at the heels yet, but they could be if New Zealand loses again. So, I, yeah, I don't think it'd be Kane. I'd love to see it. I think if that happens, probably Will Young misses out again. You're, you're not going to drop Rutch and Ravindra. Glenn Phillips has struggled a little bit with the bat. I, I do have some concerns there, but obviously his impact with the ball and, and what he can do down there is it's a different thing. So yeah, I, I do think if Kane, as soon as Kane is back in the side, it'll be Will Young missing out. But yeah, not quite there yet. I don't think. Right. Okay. I agree with you. From what what I've heard, I think that it will be the most likely is that we'll see Tim Southey, uh, if of those sort of trio, those two and those two in particular, Williamson and Southey. Uh, South Africa team news, it looks like Rabada will be back into the side and then a decision needs to be made around uh, or between Kutsia and and Shamsi for who takes that final spot. I've actually really enjoyed watching uh, Gerald Kutsia. I I haven't really watched him before. Um, He's taking wickets at crucial times. And he has a little bit of theatrics about him. Yeah. A little bit of theatric. He's theatrical, uh, which makes you want to want to tune in when he's bowling. It's the old adage of 
you turn the TV on to watch Rabada and, and Janssen and you end up staying for Katsia. He's really, <laughs> he really lights it up, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's fun. And Shamsi's fun as well, actually, with his, mm. with his celebrations. I, I, I hope we don't see too many of them from, from either of those <laughs> bowlers. I, I, again, I think that probably with Rabada coming back like or likely to come back, New Zealand has been very good in terms of trying to pick bowlers to target and, and probably Kutsia, Shamsi, whoever plays out of that will be one of the bowlers that they look at to, to try and get it stuck into. Again, it's probably going to come down to, to what the pitch conditions are. But yeah, it's nice for South Africa to, I think, feel like they have some options and, and have some, some legitimate options in terms of the way they balance their side in terms of their bowling attack. So yeah, look, I've I've been... You know, very impressed with what they've done so far in this tournament. I think they're going to be a tough ask. New Zealand yeah, has some great memories against South Africa. I don't know that um, any of that kind of comes into the thinking in terms of, uh, you know, you look at all the players that, that played in those games. There's not many left for New Zealand or for South Africa. Um, but good memories for, for us as fans. And, yeah, I hope we'll be making it another one tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. If you're the New Zealand team management and and you win the toss, are you thinking that you don't want South Africa to go out there and, and, and set a score? You'd rather they 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 chased and you know unless the conditions are going to completely favour one side of the the ball from an innings perspective, you're choosing to bat first, right? Absolutely, yeah, totally. I, I think I've been I've said it a few times. I've been surprised at the number of teams that have actually bowled first. In this tournament, I, I know teams seem to like to chase, and that's been the way that teams have tried to set up. But I think New Zealand does a good job of, of setting a target in terms of their batting and and their bowling attack. I think suits a side chasing against us. I think New Zealand, when they when they're at their best, are very good at building pressure and rotating their bowlers around, picking up wickets when they need to, and making a chase really difficult. And I think with the way that South Africa's gone about things in this tournament. You want to put them under pressure, and the best way to do that is is to have scoreboard pressure. And I don't think that, yeah, I don't think unless conditions are, are really, really favourable to, to bowling up front, which doesn't seem like they will be from all reports, yeah, expected to be a pretty good wicket that, that doesn't really uh, give any any of the bowlers any anything to go with. So, yeah, I'd be expecting if I'd be expecting that both sides will be looking to, to bat first if they win the toss. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Just just on the fact that, well, I think they've scored 300 plus seven times in a row batting first. Uh, that's an incredible, I think that's a record. That's incredible from South Africa from the back half of the, uh, the Australian series, maybe. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure when, when it was, but uh, when they are on, they are on. So it, it's going to be a very good match uh, no matter what happens. That's probably a good place to leave it there. We'll be back again tomorrow to discuss what we hope is is a very good match and and what we hope is uh, a New Zealand win for for the two of us on here on the podcast. Thanks to everyone who has been tuning in, as we've been saying every single time in the the last few uh, shows. It's great if you can like and subscribe and comment on on all of our different channels. Uh, It really does make a difference. And uh, yeah, it's it's been great kind of seeing all the, the positive things come back and, and uh, we're really glad that, that you're enjoying these shows. We're into November now, only a couple of weeks to go in this tournament, so it does start to feel like we are in the, the home stretch and, and sides now fighting for these semi-final spots and, and looking to be there at the business end. So enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy whatever time it is in the morning, if nighttime, morning, 
Have a great day and, and we'll see you all again tomorrow. 